Good morning, NVCC. We are so glad that you are here with us today. This is the second week of us having our services online and it's still a little bit different for us and I'm sure it is for you, but we're so glad that we still have the opportunity to connect and come together over God's word and be the church. This morning we have just a couple announcements for you. First off, um, we want to let you know that we are still a church that gives. We still value this uh, discipline of giving because we believe that God is king even in the craziest of circumstances we still believe that it is our call as christians to acknowledge his place in our life by giving and so obviously right now um, the ways to give look a little bit different but we have online giving um, you know i've talked about in the past how important it is that we prioritize giving we let the essentials be drawn out of our accounts every month and so for us we believe that giving is no different you'll find in the link below a page where you can sign up to do reoccurring giving or online giving and I strongly encourage you to try that out. Church, we're not just about giving financially, we also want to give in every way that we can and so we have a couple opportunities for you to get involved in our community and give back right now in the middle of all of this craziness. We're going to be doing a, an Acts 245 food drive. Um, there's more information about that down below, but you can pool your resources together and really support the people who are hit hardest by situations like this. Also coming up on Saturday, March 28th from 9 to 3 p.m., we're going to have the Red Cross here on our campus and we're going to be doing a blood drive. They've had uh, 2,700 canceled blood drives this year and so they're about 86,000 quarts of blood short of what they expected to be. So you can go online in the link below and you can sign up to come be a donor. All the social distancing practices are gonna be in effect, but this is an essential function. And so we need donors. So please sign up below to uh, get an appointment time to come give. If you've been with us, we've been going through a series called Beyond the 52, where we're looking at what does it look like when church goes beyond just the 52 Sundays of the year, when church becomes not just an event, not just a place that we go to, not just the thing we go do, but a people that we become. And now more than ever, that's incredibly important. So right now, Pastor Mike is going to lead us in a continuation of that series about becoming the church. I want to welcome you to Mission Vale Christian Church Online. Uh, my name is Pastor Mike, and I have the privilege of just uh, bringing the word today through a series that I'm calling Beyond the 52, and it's out of the book of 1 Peter. We'll be in, in chapter 2 today. But before we get there, I just want to say on behalf of our entire ministry team that we love you, we miss you, uh, the face-to-face um, -face gatherings on the weekends and during the week, but we look forward to um, having that once again very soon, I believe. As you know, with the um, coronavirus and the ripple effects of all this going on, not only locally here, but within our nation and the world, it's caused a lot of change in our lives and um, also has created a lot of fear and anxiety in people. I think um, maybe we've been to the grocery store, we've been out lately, and it just seems to be kind of a panic and a lot of anxiety out there. And um, I just wanna say to that, that when we're feeling anxious or afraid, to not avoid that or um, say that, deny that, but to um, run to the word of God and to Jesus who said, do not worry and do not fear, do not be anxious about anything. So when we're feeling that, we know that we can go to God and we can receive help at our time of need. Um, so a lot of you have been asking, how can we help? And if you go to the website, there'll be some things. Um, and even at our announcement time with Pastor Shane, he'll get specific about some things, but we do have a Red Cross 
uh, blood drive that we're planning. We also have a new thing called Operation Acts 225 or 245. And then we have an outreach planning um, to our neighborhood that we can do with social distance. And we'll let you know more about those things. But we really want to encourage us during this time um, to outreach and be a message of hope for someone. There's a couple things um, I want to say. Number one is this virus will not win. In Jesus' name, it will not overtake us. Why do we believe that? Because we know that Jesus is still on the throne. God still has us in the palm of his hand. Nothing surprises God and he knows. The third thing and the most important thing we can um, retreat back to is um, the word of God will stand forever. There's no doubt about that. In fact, the book of 1 Peter in the first chapter talks about the Bible, God's word will stand forever no matter what. So I just want to continue our teaching in the book of 1 Peter. The reason I called it um, Beyond the 52 is when um, Jesus called Peter to follow him, it wasn't just a Sunday morning thing. It was a 24-7 thing. It was, Peter, I want you to follow me with your whole life. It's, it's 24-7, all day, all week long. And um, I want so much for you to understand the passion I have for you, and I want you to have a passion to follow me and to grow. What I wanted to speak out of uh, the second chapter here today is a surrounding uh, background when the letter was written by Peter. There was a lot of turmoil in that area of Asia Minor. There was uh, a Nero emperor who was out to destroy Christianity. He was putting Christians in prison, even taking their very life. So there was a lot of fear and anxiety and worry during this time. And Peter writes the occasion of this letter to say, don't be afraid to tell them to not fear, but also in a time of suffering um, that God wants us to grow in him. And really, when we um, get into this text out of chapter two, it's about uh, really how do we continue to grow in our faith? You know, when I was um, passing through my garage door into my family room last week, I just happened to glance at the wall that I passed by every time. But for some reason, I stopped there and I saw these pencil marks, these markers that went up in a vertical uh, direction. And as I remembered back, each one of those pencil lines, those marks that my wife and I drew were markers of when my sons, both Michael and Jonathan, how they were growing physically, how they were getting taller and taller. I happen to notice a few of the distances between those lines were a little bit farther than the others. And if I remember back to those times when we had the date and the line written, that those were the times that were maybe the most difficult, but the most growth happened. Do you remember when you were a kid and you had growing pains? It was almost like this acceleration of growth that happened. We were in the fast track of growing, but a lot of the times was painful and some suffering, but they were the most rewarding. I want to talk today to the subject of of growing in our faith in Jesus Christ. Um, Let's read verses 1 to 3 of chapter 2. Peter writes this book, encouraging the believers of that day, hey, hold on, keep growing in your faith, keep following Jesus. The hope that you have And the new birth that you have that I just reminded you about in chapter one, he says, well, he says, therefore, because you have hope and because you've been reborn by Jesus Christ, then I want you to rid yourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in him in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. I think what he's telling us And the message is so clear for us today is I want you to be mindful. I want you to be watchful about your walk with me. And I want you to make sure that you're in a place where you can be growing and not retreat backwards. It's easy for us to be hypocritical. It's easy for us to slander one another or 
speak ill of each other. And Peter's saying, I don't want you to do those things. And the analogy that he's given us is just like a baby's craving pure uh, milk. He wants us to crave that milk of the word. He wants us to crave the word because it's the word that changes us when we read the word and we obey the word and we're in a, a, abiding with Christ. There's something that happens inside of us that creates a greater hunger and a greater thirst. So really what he's saying is I want you to crave the word. Here's a question I have for us. What do we crave? What is it that we have a passion for? What is it that is the most important thing that we focus our attention on? You know, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and they will be filled. You know, what I love about that out of Jesus' words is that he's saying, I want you to have a passion for me. I want you to have a hunger for me, and I'll take care of the rest of the things. You won't have to worry. You know, even in Revelation, it says when we feel like we're slipping away from the passion of the word and growing in the word, when we feel like the light has gone out or we feel like, you know, we're on empty spiritually. Revelation chapter one says, return to your first love. So I have a question. If you're listening to this or watching this, maybe with your life group online or whatever um, setting it might be, I want you to just take a moment and think back to the time when you, when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ. What was that like? What were the circumstances going on? If you're like most, there are some similarities. You all of a sudden remember you were freed. The guilt was gone. I mean, the, the, the lifestyle that we were living, Jesus saved us from that by his mercy. And we're so grateful, thankful. And the result of that is, I remember for me, I, I couldn't wait to go to a church service. It was during my college age years that I received Christ into my life and I couldn't wait to go to the college night. I couldn't wait to go to the college night at the church and the pastor would be teaching the word and I just wanted to learn more. I wanted to read the word. I wanted to pray. I couldn't wait to get to the next project, a missions trip. There was like this hunger and thirst, but the reality is I couldn't live off that high because circumstances changed and things changed. But the passion in the heart God wants us to know how to return to that. I think that's what Peter is encouraging us. In the middle of this coronavirus, a lot of the changes and everything, we still can keep our passion for the word and our love for the word of God and obedience to the word. So we got some options here and moving forward, we're going to get into verses four to 10. Option one is when the coronavirus has um, passed through and we get back to meeting on services and back to life group and activity and back to work and school and all those things, we have some options. Option one is we could just go back and show up at a church service. We could go to a church service and just listen up. But here's what I really want us to do. Here's what I would ask that we ask the Spirit of God to keep our heart in check right here is that when we go back to what we call normal, um, church services and life groups and serving the Lord and being able to shake hands and get back to work and all those things that we desire to grow up, not just, you know, show up, not just listen up, but do we have a deep desire to grow up in our faith? So question is, how do we grow? I'm so glad you asked. So let's jump in here to verses uh, four through 10, because Peter's going to tell us how to do that. So as you come to him, as you come to his word, to Jesus, 
the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, For I lay a stone in Zion, a precious chosen cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. I just want to stop here for a minute. It's so cool how Peter is laying this out for a time of insecurity and worry and stress is that we keep growing in Christ by having a, a check of the word. We, we, we have a passion for the word of God. And then through that, God is building us together as living stones into a spiritual house. You know, it's really cool to watch um, a house being built. When I was little, I was about, I was about nine or 10 years old. My father and my mother, they wanted to have a vacation place for our family to retreat to. So they went up to Big Bear, found a plot, found um, an architect, had some drop some plans and a general contractor and build this incredible cabin. It was so cool. But I do remember sitting at the table as a little kid and my dad would sit down with the architect and talk about, this is what we want for the cabin. This is the rooms and the stairway. And here's what we want, the, the balcony and all this. And as the plans began to form and the blueprints were made possible, it was cool to see it take form. We were getting excited about it. But it was a really cool thing. When you start to see it in actuality and see the structure being built, it becomes a reality. That right there is the visual, the, the illustration that Peter is saying, just in the same way a house is being built, we are being built together as living, breathing, active people for Jesus. God puts us together so that we are a house for others to retreat to. Here, here's the cool thing is um, when I was watching this house being built, this cabin, I noticed they took great care and time into the foundation of that home. You know, when you go into a, a house that you really like, you walk in and go, oh man, this is cool. The floor plan and the view and the swimming pool in the backyard. And this is the dream house. We rarely, you know, rip up the carpet or tear up the floor and you go, wow, this foundation is amazing. We don't do that, but the foundation is the most important part of the house. In fact, what he's saying here is the cornerstone is the way all the other stones are positioned so that that foundation will be strong enough to hold the structure of that home. Listen, I, I love this because the analogy is so cool. Jesus is our cornerstone. He is the stone that all the other living stones are placed in accordance to where he is. Now, here's the amazing thing is in the Old Testament, literally the people of God would have to go to a structure, the temple. And the temple was huge. It was ginormous. They would have to go to a building to experience the presence of God. The cornerstone in that temple that was built was 39 and a half feet long. It was seven feet, 10 inches wide. It was 43 inches tall. And catch this, it weighed 80 tons. It was huge. But unless that cornerstone in that temple was placed perfectly, all the other stones would not align and that temple would not be built to the specific specifications that God wanted it to be built. Now, we don't have to go to a building. We are the living temple. We are the place where God resides so that others can experience God. I think the most exciting thing that Jesus is doing on the face of the earth right now, even as I'm speaking, is he's building his church. And what I mean by that is he's building up people and we are part of a spiritual house. Now, the cool thing is cross-referencing over to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, Paul says this, the great apostle Paul, he says, I urge you in view of God's mercy 
that you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. So don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. We don't want to be like the world, but we, don't, we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. See, it's a choice that we make. I want to be in the right environment as we read in verses one to three, so I can continue to grow in my faith by the word of God. But then as I position myself to grow in my relationship with God, God bring forth, he brings forth the growth. So let's just continue on here in verses seven to 10. So he says, now you who believe the stone is precious, but those who do not believe the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and the stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. He's really saying, sadly enough, there's going to be people that will reject the message of the good news, the gospel, that God loves them. Jesus died on the cross. He traded his life for every single one of us. And sadly enough, there will be people that will reject that message. But then he goes on to say this, but you, you are a chosen people. Those who have put their trust in Christ a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And what's the reason that God is building his house? Because it's for God's benefit. He loves us. He wants to put us together. But it's not only that. He wants others who are outside the house to know that they can come into relationship with him. And here's the cool thing. God uses you and me as a living witness, a living sacrifice, so that we'll be an example of who Jesus is to others. This is a wonderful time to live out our faith, to bring the message of hope by the way that we live. When there are others that are fearful and worried and scared, we can bring a message of hope. Now, as he said in verses one to three, he wants us to crave this relationship with God, the things of God, the kingdom of God. It's not just Sunday, it's every day. The question is, how do I develop this passion? Well, here's what I found. I found for me in my own walk with the Lord, because I go through times, to be honest with you, we want to be very real and we want to be very loving and on mission the way Jesus was. And so oftentimes I lose my passion. Oftentimes I veer away from that. Sometimes I can find myself like in verses one to three says, don't fall into hypocrisy. Don't fall into malice. I want you to stay in my word. So the question is, how do I develop that passion? I think it's, it's as simple as this. When we see how he views me, when you see right now how he views you, meaning Jesus, how he really sees you, you are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen priesthood person. You are God's possession. When we really let that touch the heart and sink down in from the head to the heart, it changes us from within. All of a sudden now I can see God, how he's a loving, compassion, compassionate, merciful God. I can see myself differently, that I must be of some value to God. Even with my messed up life and messed up past, he can still use me. And the other thing is I can see others, how God sees them with compassion and love and mercy because I'm, I'm seeing them through the eyes of Jesus. It's almost like putting these spiritual glasses on and now I can see through the lens of Christ. So no matter what happens with our job, whatever happens with the stock market, whatever happens with our finances, the things of this world, whether we have sports to go to or entertainment or whatever changes structurally around us, we still have the hope 
of Jesus Christ in us, and we want to continue to grow in him with a passion. So we're living sacrifices. We're not a dead sacrifice. You know, there's something about seeing a lost person step in to relationship with Christ. And when we live out, when we choose to live out that life like Jesus, God does amazing things. Let me tell you about Todd. Todd was a guy who was raised in a Christian home, went to church with his family. Unfortunately, through his teenage years, he got messed up with some kids who were struggling and fell into drugs and alcohol. It just completely spun his life out of control the wrong way. As his struggle was to try and come back to God, every time he went back to church, he felt like this condemnation and shame and guilt and felt like people didn't want him there and we're going to accuse him of his sin. So the closer he wanted to come, he fell farther back until there was someone in his life, a Christian guy, a brother, who put his arm around and said, man, I know the pain you're in. I know where you've been. Let, let me just reacquaint you with how much God loves you. And as he read together with him, John three sixteen, for God so loved Todd, for God so loved Todd that he gave his one and only son for Todd, that if Todd believes in him, he'll not perish but have eternal life. There's something when we connect with the word, with the Holy Spirit conviction that brings new life. Todd's life completely turned around for the better, gave his life to Jesus Christ, was freed from guilt and shame. Why I bring that up is this. It took one person who was a living sacrifice to put his arm around him, who really tried to follow Jesus and growing in him that made a difference in Todd's life. So I just want to finish with a couple of things. In application, how do we put all this together? I think going back to the word, Peter makes it so simple. One is, I want, to, I want my life, I hope you're with me here. I, I want my life, I want your life to be a living sacrifice. So that means I willingly lay myself down in humility and say, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. In my Bible reading that day, God, how do you speak to me? And God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to be more like you today? I think second is to have a passion for the love and the word of God. So that means putting myself in an atmosphere where I'm reading the word daily. I'm in the word of God. Um, I was talking to one of our young adults and she said, you know, through this coronavirus scare, I haven't talked to my grandmother in weeks. And I picked up the phone to call her. She's 94 years old. And um, she said, Grandma, how you doing? She says, Honey, I'm doing fine. I've been through the depression. I've been through all these things in life. And my refrigerator's full. But most importantly, my soul is full because I've had more time to be with Jesus. I had more time to be in the Word and in prayer. And I, I, I just bring that up to say, during this time when maybe we're, we're distant from one another and can't do the normal routines of life, it's a time to really put ourselves in an atmosphere for growth. And the last thing I want to say is, you know, living a life that's sacrificial means that I'm giving back. I'm giving back. I'm looking for ways to help others, to honor others, to live the way Jesus wants me to live. I want to encourage you to sign up for a life group. Get into the Word. Get into more prayer and more into the Bible these weeks to come. And as we come back together, think about what's going to happen. Our world will be different because we have a passion for God and a passion for people to continue to grow in Him. And the key is being in the right atmosphere. I want to encourage you with all this. And next week, we're going to have um, our services online. I look forward to seeing you at nbcchome.org. Until that time, we'll see you again next week. Love you all. God bless. What an amazing reminder that was that we, the church, have become the dwelling place of God, His temple. 
We're so glad that we got to spend this time together. Uh, we'll be back here next week and hopefully you will too. Before we go, just want to remind you of all the links below, ways that you can get involved and give back, whether that's financially or with our resources. I want to encourage you, please click on those and join us in making a difference for the gospel. We love you, church. We'll see you next week.